This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وأصلي وأسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين Blessings and salutations upon Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم and upon all his companions and followers including ourselves and our offspring up to the day of Qiyamah May Allah سبحانه وتعالى keep us steadfast Honored ulama, beloved brothers and dearest listeners We are continuing with a few messages of the Quran wherein Allah سبحانه وتعالى has drawn the attention of the mu'mineen and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has addressed all of us in this Qur'an and the messages are very loud and clear. Before I commence, I'd like to remind one and all that tonight is one of the odd nights of the last ten nights of the month of Ramadan. There is a chance and a possibility that this night may just be the night of decree and it may just be the night that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described in the Qur'an as being better than a thousand months. So it is my duty as well as yours and everyone else to engage in acts of worship in this night that are extra, with the idea of earning the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant me the ability to do that and thereafter every one of us. It is not impossible to spend a part of the night in extra ibadat, in extra acts of worship, in dua, because we may just win by having engaged in the, in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on a night that he himself has described as being better than a thousand months, which is approximately 80 years. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us acceptance. I had promised that I would commence with Surah Al-Rum, the surah named after the Romans. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the opening verses of the surah makes mention of a certain victory or a loss. A loss on the part of the Romans and a victory on the part of the Persians. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Definitely the Romans have been overcome. That means the Persians have won against the Romans. There was a war. There was a war that had taken place and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is informing Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as well as the companions that the outcome of this war was that the Romans had lost. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَهُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ غَلَبِهِمْ سَيَغْلِبُونَ فِي in a few years, between three and nine years, the Romans will then win against the Persians. Which means there will be a war once again. And the Romans will win against the Persians. And on that day, the Mu'minin will be happy. What do we learn from this? We learn the rule of the Sharia. Wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught us through Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what we would commonly call the lesser of the two evils. On one side we have the Romans who are people of the book. And on the other hand we had the Persians whom at the time were fire worshippers. A simple question, who is better? 
in terms of closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the people of the book. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the day the Romans would win again over the Persians, it would be a day of happiness for the mu'mineen, and it would be the assistance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us comprehension. We need to understand that when it comes to ourselves, yes, we should know that the people of the book are closer than the others to us, but we need to know our lines. We need to know precisely how much to deal with them and precisely what to take from them and what not to take from them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us steadfast. Sometimes we tend to lose our iman because we take them as bosom buddies and we take them as protectors and we give them preference over our own brethren. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all strong. Yes, as I've mentioned always, the sword is double-edged. At times our own brethren let us down in a manner that even the people of the book do not let us down. So that too needs to be addressed. We need to ask ourselves, are we guilty of not being practical Muslims? Are we guilty of being from amongst those who are giving the wrong impression of Islam? And are we guilty of being from amongst those who have let down our own brethren? May Allah not do that to us. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us steadfast. One of the verses of the surah, a very powerful verse which is repeated many times. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ظَهَرَ الْفَسَادُ فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ بِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِي النَّاسِ لِيُذِيقَهُمْ بَعْضَ الَّذِي عَمِلُوا لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْجِعُونَ Corruption has, been, has become prevalent on land and at sea. Corruption has become prevalent on land and at sea because of some of what some, some of what the men have earned. Because of our own deeds, we are witnessing the downfall of ourselves as well as others. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and this corruption and this downfall is in order for them to realize and turn back. But how many of us actually do realize that these are messages from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, turn back. Turn back to me before it is too late. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us from amongst those who don't understand the signs when they come to us. In our own lives, every single one of us, wherever we have transgressed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will definitely send signs to us, clear signs, to remind us of His presence and His existence. And if we are going to turn a blind eye, it is us who stand to lose. And if we are going to learn from those lessons, then inshallah, we will be from amongst those who can improve and who can become better people every single day to the degree that the day we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will be in our peak or upon our peak, whereby we will be the closest we have ever got to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May He grant us that type of a death. And may He not grant us a death whilst we are engaged in sin. And may He not overtake us with punishment and destroy us wholesale as he has those in the past. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of another surah, a beautiful surah which he has named after a person who was from Africa, according to one of the strong narrations. Luqman al-Hakim, Luqman the wise, was a very wise man. He was an African, according to the narrations. And he was not a Nabi. And here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens the verses of the surah. Alif Lam For your information, and I've mentioned it in the past, every surah that has these type of letters was revealed in Makkah. 
besides Surah Al-Baqarah. Every surah that has huruf muqatta'ah, these separated letters, was revealed in Makkah besides Surah Al-Baqarah. So this surah was revealed in Makkah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, تِلْكَ آيَاتُ الْكِتَابِ الْحَكِيمِ These are the verses of the book, the wise book. Why is the term Hakim used? Right at the beginning of Surah Luqman, he himself was a wise man. But the Qur'an we have is even more wise. It has more wisdom. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is clarifying it right from the beginning to say Luqman was a wise man. But these are verses of a book full of wisdom. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us wisdom. He is definitely the all-wise. And therefore... His kalam, his word is full of wisdom and has to be full of wisdom. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention in the surah of people. People who buy vain talk. And as I'd mentioned in the past, and I've got to say it now because it is verse number 6 of surah Luqman, we've heard of it so many times. The interpretation is not vain talk. Because the English language does not qualify to translate the Arabic. There was no term at that time to refer to music. The word musiqa of the Arabic language only came about later on. But the term which was used by the Sahaba radiallahu anhum to refer to music was lahwul hadith. That referred directly to music. And so many of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum have interpreted it in that way. And they have said there are people who spend their money to buy musicians and music instruments and people who would dance and so on all that is to lead astray from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for them is a severe punishment Allah says and for this reason let us not be from amongst those who want to justify that music is allowed and so on and so forth nay it is prohibited and very very clearly prohibited and I guarantee you, those who would like to justify it are guilty of engaging in it. I have never come across a single person who's argued about it, and they themselves are not involved in it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us steadfastness. Let's be strong. Listen to the next verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذَا تُتْلَى عَلَيْهِ آيَاتُنَا وَلَّا مُسْتَكْبِرًا كَأَنْ لَمْ يَسْمَعْهَا كَأَنَّ فِيهِ أُذُنَيْهِ وَقْرًا فَبَشِّرْهُ بِعَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ When you remind such people and inform them of the prohibition of music, they become arrogant and they argue with you and they turn away in pride. Allah says, give them tidings of a severe punishment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not do that to us. This is one of the huge nights of the month of Ramadan. Let us mend our ways. It's not impossible. And we don't need to justify ourselves with what that alim said and the other alim said when we have a large band of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum who have confirmed for us what is meant by this verse. None of the Sahaba have ever mentioned that they listened to music. And if it was permissible, and if it was the in thing at the time, I'm sure at least ten of them, or even one of them, would have told us that yes, we did listen to music, and it was something that was acceptable, and so did the Prophet, and so on. Some might argue that yes, on happy occasions we are allowed to beat the doof. Let me clarify that misunderstanding today. The doof is a one-sided drum. And that is to be beaten on happy occasions. Yes, upon nikah. With the idea of announcing that nikah. أَعْلِنُوا النِّكَاحَ وَضْرِبُوا لَهُ بِالدُّفِّ The Prophet ﷺ says, announce nikah. And in order to achieve that, beat the drum. What that means is a sound. A sound in order to 
make it known to people that there is something happy happening in a particular home. But it is not what we have understood it today to say, let us now wholesale listen to this music and use the excuse of the duf and also engage in dufuf. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. We've become so weak. Once this door opens, it will never ever close. Believe me, the Qur'an has closed it from the very beginning. And those who open it, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make them strong. They don't know what they are doing. Believe me, no matter who they are. On one hand we have the Qur'an, the other hand we have people, no matter how knowledgeable they may seem to be. We cannot open a door that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam never opened. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us strong. This is mentioned in Surah Luqman. Inshallah tonight we can go out back to our motor vehicles and throw out those CDs. Throw them out for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and substitute them with Quran Kalamullah try and understand the Quran get the various different readers and I'm sure you know of plenty readers each reader has a different effect and impact on the heart may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never ever make us from amongst those who substitute his word for music rather may he make us from amongst those who can substitute music for his word and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us strong. Yes, if we've engaged in something in the past, it's never too late. That is why we have nights like these. And remember, the message has been delivered. Allah is going to ask me and you and everyone, did the message not come to you? What are we going to say? Yes, but. That is not good enough. We need to say yes and we obeyed. Sami'na wa ata'na. We heard it and immediately we surrendered. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us Strong And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us from amongst those who justify their weaknesses. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of how Luqman alayhi salatu wasalam called his son and advised him. That was an African man who called his son and advised him powerful advice that had to be mentioned in the Quran by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I have a question for myself and for yourselves. How many of us have called our children and advised them? Powerful advice, sat with them and given them words where we say, My son, I'm advising you, I might die tomorrow. But listen, this is what I want you to write down and I want you to hold it and hold fast to it and give it to your children and offspring until the day of Qiyamah. How many of us are guilty of not even knowing what is good and bad? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us strong. Luqman alayhi salatu wasalam advised his young boy. And he says, Ya bunayya la tushrik billah. Oh my son, the first thing, never associate partners with your creator. That is the biggest sin you can commit. And you should understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained and he has prescribed that you be good to your parents. Once again, the issue of parents has come up. And Luqman alayhi salatu wasalam spoke to his son and advised him about how to be to parents. The idea was not only that the son could be good to him, but later on he could deliver the message to others as well. May Allah make us obedient children. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even makes mention of those parents who are non-Muslim. And this is repeated so many times in the Quran, where we still need to be good in the, to them, for as long as they have not commanded us to do something that is against the commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If they have ordered us to do something haram, we will not obey them. But for as long as they have not ordered haram, it becomes our duty to fulfill what they have asked us to do. May Allah make it easy for us. Then Luqman alayhi salatu wasalam warned his son and said, Do you know that even if the weight of a mustard seed or the size of a mustard seed of good or bad is done, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows 
where it is. And even if there is a creature of that size, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows where it is. Even if it is hidden under a rock. And the Mufassireen have actually gone further to explain that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not only know what is under the rock, but what is within the rock also. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. And may Allah grant us the ability, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to understand His greatness. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of salah. Luqman alayhi salatu wasalam told his son regarding salah. And salah at that time was a different salah. But to us, even this salah. At times you tell children to establish their salah and they look at you and they say, what do I gain from it? That is the weakness of iman. How can we say, how, what do I gain from it? That is salah. As-salatu imaduddin. Faman aqamaha faqad aqamaddin. Waman hadamaha faqad hadamaddin. That salah is the, one of the strong pillars of deen. Whoever has established it, has established the pillar of deen. And whoever has destroyed it, has destroyed the pillar which holds, which upholds his or her deen. May Allah make us strong. The amount of contentment one should get from salah should actually help solve that person's problems. Does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not say, إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ تَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ Definitely, salah prohibits a person, or salah prohibits immorality and evil. If we are to fulfill our salah in the correct manner, we will abstain from immorality and from evil. This directly means that anyone who is engaged in immorality and evil, there is something wrong with their salah. Their salah is not in order. Possibly the concentration. Possibly the sincerity. And so on. May Allah make us steadfast with our salah. Then Luqman alayhi salatu wasalam asked his son to go out and enjoin good and forbid bad. One is for ourselves. To, fi- to find ourselves within the limits of goodness. And to find ourselves far from what is bad. And the other is once that happens, we need to also call others towards goodness. The ulama have explained that by calling others towards goodness, one becomes conscious of his own deeds or her own deeds. And that should help everyone become better. May Allah make us all steadfast. Then he says, وَاصْبِرْ عَلَى مَا أَصَابَكْ O my son, whatever comes to you, whatever comes in your direction, bear patience. And understand that it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the issue of taqdeer. Islam is the only religion that makes it a duty and one of the pillars of iman for all the believers to say, I believe that good and bad is from Allah and I'm not going to question it, I will surrender to it. Still, when our children die in a huge car crash, we begin to question the decree of Allah. That is a weakness of iman. We need to understand that was the best thing that could ever have happened. There was no better death for our children. May Allah make us strong. It is not easy, but we need to strengthen our iman. It is the only religion that assists people and protects them from depression. Just by believing in taqdeer. So many people who suffer depression. That suffering is connected to a weakness in the belief in taqdeer. And... In faith, the fact that good and bad is from Allah, we will not question it. We will be happy with it. We will say, Alhamdulillah, ala kulli hal. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and praise Him upon every condition besides the condition of the people of Jahannam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from that. So Luqman alayhi salatu wasalam advised his own son in this regard. May Allah grant us all a lesson from that. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of how 
He told his son, do not turn your cheek away from people in arrogance. Do not be boastful. Do not walk on earth in, with pride. And do not walk on earth in a manner that others have the perception that you are now higher than them or you are portraying yourself to be higher than them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all humbleness. And then he says, when you speak, you should know how to speak. Don't raise your voice too loudly. Don't use bad words and so on. These are jewels and gems. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has named the entire surah after this man. And surely this advice is so relevant to every single one of us that we need to take heed, we too, inshallah, will earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if we lower our gazes and if we learn how to speak to each other, learn to be an asset within our homes, with our own family members, to them and to the rest of the community. May Allah make us such. The next surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has named it after the prostration that is mentioned in it. Surah Al-Sajdah. And I'm sure many of us would be reading it on a Friday and on other days. And many of us would have heard it in Fajr Salah on a Friday in some of the masajid. Because it is a sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to occasionally read that on a Friday in Salah, Salatul Fajr. Why is it named prostration? And why do we have to repeat it so many times? Possibly if we understand the surah, we would immediately get the gist. Allah makes mention, and I'm mentioning very briefly, of the mujrimin, the criminals, those who do not prostrate, those whom when they are reminded about Allah and His laws and His commands, they are not interested. They, would, they couldn't be bothered. And no matter how much they are told, they turn a blind or a blind eye, deaf ear. And then Allah says, as for those who truly believe, and I'm not going to read this verse, because if I read it, it becomes incumbent on us to all fall prostrate. Allah says, as for those who truly believe in our signs and verses, whenever they are reminded of our verses and signs, they surrender to the degree that they fall prostrate. And that is why immediately upon hearing that verse, we fall in sujood for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah describes the true believers as those who separate themselves from their bedding at night. And they engage in sajda and in salah for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really describes them as the true believers, the mu'mineen. Those who believe in Allah, those who believe in the last day, those who believe in the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, may we be from amongst them. I have a question for myself. How many times have I got up at night, not for Salatul Fajr, but at the time of the Hajjud, even once, twice in the month, may Allah make it easy for myself and for everyone here. How many times have we got up for the sake of Allah, not only when we've got a problem, but just on any occasion, not only when we're, feeling, when we're feeling ill and we cannot sleep, then people say, okay, I am awake, let me read the Hajjud. Yes, alhamdulillah, it will be accepted. But let's try it just on an ordinary day. Like tonight, inshallah. May Allah grant us acceptance. It's, it is not difficult. If we get up and separate ourselves from our beddings, possibly Allah might include us as being from amongst those who were mentioned in these verses of Surah Al-Sajda. So Allah makes mention subhanahu wa ta'ala of the powerful people who separate themselves from their beddings. We all know how beautiful sleep is, especially when you're very tired. Especially when you're extremely tired and the, the cozy bed is actually 
feeling so good. And then we've got to get up for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on a winter's night. Wallahi, the contentment we will achieve if we are doing it sincerely for Allah is something that we cannot describe. And most probably it will be very sincere because who would we want to be showing at that time of the night? And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes it in, the, in this particular surah. May Allah make us very, very strong. Then we have the next surah, Surah Al-Ahzab, which we completed today. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of the allies, the confederations, and the group of armies, those who had come together, an alliance against Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, on the occasion of the battle of the trench. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of them. And Allah also speaks about that war that took place, that battle, the battle of the trench, where a large number of people, of kuffar, had come to attack the Muslimin right up to Al-Madinatul Munawwara. And Salman al-Farisi radiallahu anhu was instrumental in presenting his opinion regarding digging a trench around Al-Madinatul Munawwara. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam accepted his view and they dug a trench around a lot of Madinatul Munawwara. And thereafter when the huge armies came, the hypocrites from within Medina had said, today these Muslimin stand no chance. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding the believers, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu dhkuru ni'matallahi alaykum idh jaatkum junoodun faarsalna alayhim reehan wa junoodan lam tarawha. O you who believe, remember the favor. My favor upon you, the day the armies came to you, and I sent the wind against them. And armies that you could not see. Allah sent the angels, and Allah sent the wind and the weather. The weather is an army, or the weather is actually under the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, part of the army of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah uses the weather to this day to attack those whom He wishes to attack, for whatever reason. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from adverse weather. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never punish us in the manner that He had punished those before us. And Allah makes mention subhanahu wa ta'ala of how He protected the mu'mineen when they thought that, or some of them had thought that today is a very difficult day. In fact, the hypocrites had actually said today the mu'mineen stand no chance. And Allah makes mention of how some people were within, some people were Within the mu'mineen, the circle of the mu'mineen, but because of their hypocrisy, their hearts were on the other side. And Allah says, mentioning this, these double standards, Allah says right at the beginning of the surah, in fact I've got to commence with a verse which is so powerful. Allah twice asks the Prophet ﷺ himself to be conscious of Allah. Did he need that? Did he need that reminder? Allah says, Ya ayyuha nabiyu attaqillaha O Messenger, O Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ittaqillaha Be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Some translate it as Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Did he need that command? No he didn't But the message is for all of us 
that if that was the instruction to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, how many of us are found without even being conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, engaging in sin on a daily basis, Allah says thereafter, مَا جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لِرَجُلٍ مِّن قَلْبَيْنِ فِي جَوْفِهِ وَمَا جَعَلَ أَزْوَاجَكُمُ اللَّائِي تُظَاهِرُونَ مِنْهُنَّ أُمَّهَاتِكُمْ وَمَا جَعَلَ أَدْعِيَاءَكُمْ أَبْنَاءَكُمْ ذَلِكُمْ قَوْلُكُمْ بِأَفْوَاهِكُمْ وَاللَّهُ يَقُولُ الْحَقَّ وَهُوَ يَهْدِي السَّبِيلِ Allah has not created a person or a man with two hearts in his chest. No man has two hearts, which means you are either on this side or that side. And this is exposing the hypocrites. And a reminder for all of us to say, we need to be steadfast. We need to stand firm for justice. No one can be on the right side and the wrong side at the same time. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to explain how double standards destroys people in yet something else that is prohibited, where people say to their wives, may Allah protect us all, but those who say to their wives that this wife is like my mother, unto me like my mother, and then they abstain from uh, sexual intercourse with that particular wife of theirs, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that woman is not your mother. How can she be your wife and your mother at the same time? Once again, look at the double standards or look at the statement which is contradicting contradictory on one side it is the wife and on the other hand the man is saying that this particular woman is like my mother and for that reason there is a severe punishment for those who even utter that statement may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from such statements we cannot contradict allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decision and command and we cannot play the fool with such issues there is another issue in the next verse that i've already read before you where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says those children whom you've adopted islam has specific rules regarding adoption they are not your children and you must make it clear to them and you cannot give them your name those children that belong to their parents should hold their parents names this is what allah says here how can that child belong to someone else and you are calling them with your name allah says that also is a contradiction why is it so serious in islam let me explain to you because allah is the one who created myself and yourselves and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided supremely alone who is going to be my father and yours. And then we come and we say, no, no, you are wrong. I'm going to call him my son. What an insult is it? How great an insult is this to the creator himself? The one who made me, he decided who my father is going to be. And I'm saying, no ways, I choose somebody else's surname. And remember here we are speaking of surnames in our case. And sometimes people actually go to say so-and-so, son of so-and-so. And if they are lying, it becomes a major, major, major sin. They will not even be looked at on the day of Qiyamah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they will be forgotten on that day because they forgot us. May Allah not, not forget us on the day of Qiyamah. If we'd like mercy, let us rectify where we've gone wrong. Let us find out. And inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open the doors. So much so that in marriage... The true Islamic ruling is that as far as possible, the woman has the right to hold her maiden name. That is the name she will be called with on the day of Qiyamah. And yes, sometimes for immigration purposes, sometimes for purposes of the law, we happen to be living in a country that is a non-Muslim country, we may then, instead of saying so-and-so, daughter of so-and-so, 
what we silently do not say is so and so, wife of so and so. So if that is the case, alhamdulillah, so long as our conscience is clear. But if we are doing it out of deception, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's punishment is very very close. May He not punish us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of many other rules in Surah Al-Ahzab. Why does He make mention of hijab? Why does He make mention of nikah and talaq and so on in Surah Al-Ahzab? Some of the Mufassireen who have spoken of the comparison or who have spoken of the relation of the topic or the heading of the surah with the contents of the surah, they have said that. And it's something very important to listen to. If we are not going to dress according to Islam, and the verses are very clear, the one verse on hijab, the verse on the outer cloak and the veil of the woman is very loud and clear in these or in this surah. And the Mufassireen have said, those who do not want to dress in the manner that Allah has prescribed, they are falling in the category of those armies who fought Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Why would someone not wear a cloak and a scarf? Why? Most probably, today someone might tell you, well I'm weak. Well if they're weak, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all steadfast and strong. We all have weaknesses. But the reality is, and I'm inviting every single female to don with a scarf from tonight, solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and to cover with a cloak. And if we've already done that, then to get to the next step, solely to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because here, there is a warning that who else are we pleasing? Are we pleasing the West? If we are, who is the West? Are they not from amongst those who had allied against Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Those were the Ahzab, those were the groups. So we have suddenly, on one hand we're saying we are mu'mineen, and on the other hand we are saying, but this command I have a question about it. So Allah is saying, look, in the same way you cannot have two hearts in one person. Don't do that. Don't fool yourself. If you're a Muslim, be a full Muslim inshallah. And surrender and you will find happiness. And if you feel that no, I am claiming to be a Muslim, and on the other hand you have a query with some of the Islamic rulings, or you are dissatisfied with Allah's clear-cut commands, then there is a possibility and a chance that a person of that nature might have entered the ranks of hypocrisy just like those who are described in the same surah. And just like those who took sides with or who sided with the allies on the day of Khandaq. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. So that is the relation of these verses of hijab, the verses of nikah, the verses of talaq and so on, which happen to appear in this particular surah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has warned us. And He has not mentioned it in surah al-ahzab by error. Or it is not a coincidence that these verses are in surah al-ahzab. They are in surah al-ahzab to warn us, to say, where does your allegiance lie? You better come up with a clear-cut answer. And I better come up with a clear-cut answer. May Allah make us strong. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us rectify our weaknesses. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those who do not look down upon others, but try and help them. Remember today, I have not said anything to disrespect anyone. But it's a very, very positive point of encouragement to myself and yourselves. To come closer to Allah. Seize the opportunities. These opportunities will not repeat themselves. And who knows, this might be the last day of Ramadan I am seeing and you are seeing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be happy with us the day He takes us away. May we be from amongst those who are the champions of deen. Inshallah, we shall continue tomorrow. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahum wa bihamdika nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayka.